Welcome to the Academy of Esports Podcast. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. I'm here with Dr. Lindsay Miglior. Or wait, how do we say that in Italian style? Miore. Miore. So Dr. Lindsay Miore is here with me today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about esports and health. And again, it is, and not just health and not just physical health, but also um, I think along the ways too, talking about um, the general health of everybody in, in that's involved in scholastic esports, because it is such a broad topic. It is something that is relatively new. It is something that a lot of educators have not really thought a whole heck of a lot about, because you don't really think about kids and health and video games. But I know in our program in Racine, uh, one of our core pillars, actually the third one, is around mental and well, mental health and wellness. So first off, Dr. Lindsay, also known as the Gamer Doc, um, how did you even find your way into this? Because again, it, you must be that person who doc, other doctors look at and go, oh, there's that esports doctor. <laughs> well, as with me, it's like, oh, there's that esports educator. How did you find your path into esports through health and wellness? Very, very good question. Uh, I definitely get that reaction when I talk to other providers. That's why I don't have any other doctor friends anymore, except for the people I crush in fantasy football. That's a separate issue. Um, <laughs> but I I got into, I've been a gamer since I was six years old. It's always been, you know, one of my most favorite pastimes. It is what got me through med school. It's what got me through intern year. Uh, it's always been something I've held very close to my heart. Uh, mm-hmm. And I never had the aha moment that most people have when it comes to finding your path in medicine. You know, how med- medicine works is you go to med school and then third and fourth year, you start doing your rotations and you start going to other hospitals and rotating in peds, rotating in surgery and rotating in cardiology. And that's when people are like, oh my God, I want to be a cardiologist. Oh my God, I want to be an emergency medicine doctor. And me, I was like, I like all this, but I don't love anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of had that going through my mind the whole time, and I never really found my passion. I found a um, specialty that I liked and that I enjoyed and that made me feel fulfilled. Uh, but then the summer between med school and intern year, I uh, went hiking on the Appalachian Trail because I was super poor at the time um, and didn't have any money to do anything. And I had three months off and no place to live. So I was like, you know, what's, what's being homeless, if not backpacking, uh, (laughs) you know, and there's a lot though to be said about doing that. I mean, that's not something you just get up and do. You have to plan the hike on the Appalachian. I know people who do this. This is not going out for a walk around central park. Right. I planned, I planned well enough. Uh, but you know, I, I, my brain goes a million miles a minute. I'm never sitting still. I'm never not thinking. Uh, And on the Appalachian Trail, when you have no computers, no phone, no friends, nothing but the sound of your heavy breathing under your 50 pound pack, your brain goes to places that your brain doesn't normally go to. And Mm -hmm. I started thinking about my own mortality and how every moment of my day, if I'm not doing something that I love, what is the point? So I was like, what do I really want to do with my life? I love gaming. I love esports. How do mm. I make that my career? And so that's when the idea really started. So it was it was a fever, dehydrated, fever. Yep. like come to Jesus moment or whatever yep. being there was out on the Appalachian Trail. A little leprechaun named Jimothy told me about it. 
<laughs> yes. Well, the, the Appalachians is known for the Irish. So, I mean, it, there could be some running around there. But, but you don't, again, you don't come to your other doctor friends and say, hey, I have this really great idea. I'm going to focus in on working with people with esports injuries because they probably would look at you and go, what are you talking about? Yep. And that's what okay. they did. That's what they did. So, yeah. Well, not to feel bad. When I tell people about, hey, I, I promote the idea of playing video games in school, they're like, what, what do you mean? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not that hard. It's really not. It's, and, and I think that's, that's the, the hard thing a lot of us are running into right now is this, is that esports and, and video gaming in general is so culturally pervasive. Like it is across socioeconomics and it's across gender and it's across race and it circles the world. It's one of the biggest industries we have in the world. And yet people are, I guess I'm still surprised that people get so weird when we say esports and, or video gaming and, you know, being a doctor and being an educator and stuff. But in all this time, what has been, I guess, the biggest surprise that you've come across as you've entered into this field as a doctor in esports, I mean, there you must have something. <laughs> I've been been surprised about a lot of things. Um, right. I think I think my surprise is is mostly the amount of people who are interested in health and wellness. You know, you there's a certain trepidation when you go to the physician on, and you know, normally. Uh, so hopefully at least what, once a year, twice a year, hopefully, hopefully once a year. Uh, so the type of physician that I am, we deal with uh, pain rehabilitation. Uh, so you come, if you have, you know, arthritis or things like that. So you come to the doctor and someone says they have back pain and in the back of their mind, they're always thinking like, what's wrong with me? Like they're, Mm. they're thinking worst case scenario. And so when you engage with people, it's there's a little bit of trepidation there's a little bit of hesitancy um but you know in esports and in esports health and wellness i'm not actually like anyone's doctor i'm just kind of you know a voice of reason shouting into a hurricane so mm-hmm. when someone hears my voice they're kind of like oh this makes sense like i would like to hear more and <laughs> having people you know be receptive and wanting to listen is actually amazing and and why I love it so so very much. Well, and that's something I found I enjoyed so much about your Twitch streams that you do on Monday nights and Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. So, on Monday nights it is the gaming night. Yes. Which which is where uh uh a lot of the nuttiness and craziness goes down. But also on Wednesday nights you do work with Dr. Sarah who is she's a psychologist mm-hmm. is that correct yep. so you're you're the osteopath did i get that right yep okay i, I just want to make sure i get this all right you got an osteopath which is is works more with holistic um treatments mm-hmm. not again not just looking at the pain but what potentially is causing the pain what are all the other conditions around the person but then you also have dr sarah who is the psychological side of things who can speak to the mental health components i think it's like a perfect mix of two people talking about a topic because it is so hard to get people to realize just how important play is and video yeah. games and making these social connections especially now in the time that we're in 
Yeah, I agree. And it's I think people understand more when you when you gamify things. Anyone who's ever been to physical therapy and there's this leg press machine that you can like play ping pong on. And so if you mm-hmm. push your legs out, it moves the cursor back and forth or, you know, Peloton or that mirror app or anything that's been gamified. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you make something play and not work your body works harder, your body works more efficiently. So by making something play and not making something work, you're more receptive to learning, you're more receptive to change. Um, there's this study that in, in in monkeys, right? We always, the best studies are in monkeys or it's in mice, one of the two. Uh, and you give, you give them a simple repetitive task, mm-hmm. right? And you make them do the repetitive task to get food. Or you take the task and you make it a game and you make it fun, like a like a maze or or something. And the amount of neurogenesis, which is building new neurons in their brain, was exponentially higher in that second one. So mm. once you make something fun, you are more efficient as a human. So that is try, kind of what I try and imbibe in in uh, Wednesday nights. Well, the the one caveat, though, to tell people too to realize, because again, I'm a big self determination theorist, so it self-determined. Yes. Self-determined. I'm all about self-determination theory. And part of that is I feel that gamification is overused in the sense that we're already taking something with, because people say, well, now we can make esports and gamify it. I'm like, whoa, 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 please don't do that. It is already something that people are intrinsically motivated to do. How You're do you talking, gamify esports? Look, you, there's, um, I don't know. But again, they, they they'll, or they'll chalk it up as being gamification. And then like, it's not, it is what I'm saying is let's take the thing that people are already doing. Like, let's talk about health and wellness, right? In the perspective that I'm in working with kids who want to get better at their game, get better to be, you know, perform or whatever, they have to learn how to eat right, sleep, mm-hmm. get some basic exercise. So there's a, I guess it's, what I'm saying is, is I can take what I have kids doing right now and maybe direct them to you rather than having to use a gamified, you know, maze thing or something of that regard, if that makes sense. Yeah, don't put the kids in a maze. No. Well, yeah. around here in the Midwest, we do corn mazes. Uh, it's that yeah, time yeah. of year. It is the season. But I can tell you that if I put one of my children, I know if I put them in a corn maze, they're going to lay down and just rather die <laughs> than have to you know, hunt out food or something like that. So there is that. But what has been, I guess, in all this, what what have you seen is like the thing, that thing you're kind of like looking at it going, I'm so disappointed that this hasn't caught on or people have really not paid much attention to. And it doesn't have to necessarily be about health and esports or wellness. But what what has been one of those things that to you has really just been a big disappointment, I guess? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a similar line because, so I work with um, kids, I work with high schools, I work with nonprofits who work with educators, but then I, and I work with casual gamers, but then I work with professional teams and professional orgs. Uh, And, you know, for, for casual gamers like me, the things that I say are important because I want to keep gaming till I'm, you know, till I die. Uh, And I don't want to like be hindered by, an injury like I have I started playing mouse and PC gaming and I strained my middle finger from using the scroll wheel um like those types of injuries when we get older 
they build up and they're harder to get rid of. Right. So, mm-hmm. so those, that's the reason why I listen to me. Um, but then when you, <laughs> when you talk to, that's why I listen to me, I, listen to me. <laughs> I like me. Yeah. I like me. Uh, but then when you go to your pro teams and you follow the things that we're talking about, like mm-hmm. it can save you millions of dollars. It can make your team better. It can bring you to tournaments, but they, so a lot of teams don't want to hear it. And, and, you know, you, you tell them the services you can provide and they scoff at the price tag. And it's like, how much money are you playing on paying on player turnover? Mm-hmm. How much money are you, does it take to train a new player? Because they only last for two or three years because they burn out or get injured. How much money are you wasting on your coach who is supposed to be focused on coaching, you know, players when instead they're now a nutritionist and a psychologist and all these other things. So the lack of, some teams are amazing some orgs are amazing but other Mm. teams are like i that's not that's not on my to-do list and they don't have any health and wellness services Hmm. so so that that lack of awareness and forethought is is something that for people in esports is a little disappointing sometimes to be honest with you well and in education as well working with kids who maybe for the most part have avoided traditional sports because Mm -hmm. they don't want to have to lift weights or exercise or anything of that. And they see, and they look at this and go, well, I can, I can do video games and I've been doing video games forever. And how are you going to tell me to do things so much better? And, and really it, it, you know, one of the things I, I have to caution our general managers on, we've got uh, five different high schools and GMs for every team is if you're going to do a wellness program, if you're going to start lifting weights, or you're going to start doing any kind of exercise with your team, realize that some of these kids did not come into this with the mindset of exercising. Like they didn't see this as being a way that they had to do any exercise, but it's a matter of how do you take that, that um, again, that broccoli, dip it in chocolate, wrap it in bacon and give it to them so that they'll eat it. You know, that's, that's the, that's a, that's a huge challenge for educators. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you can tell us? Like one thing that you could tell a teacher or a general manager who may be struggling with their kids to get them going that may make them all of a sudden go, aha, this is why I need to have exercise or health. Like, is there one little tidbit nugget, something that you can think of? I think just trying it's the same. It's the same advice I give to college kids who, you know, have an idea that they want to bring to esports or people trying to get into the esports industry. Um, or I, I do a lot of um, social media marketing. So like same people, same thing I tell those people. It's you you gotta try something. And I know, I know we're trying, we're all trying our best, mm-hmm. but but trying it once and then and then you know it's too hard, they're not receptive to it. Like it can be really easy to give up. It can be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, my my wife is an educator and my mom is a teacher. My grandmother's a teacher. My grandfather is a teacher. So I understand how hard teachers and educators work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand how underpaid, undervalued, and under-resourced everyone is. Um, but, you, you know, one one health and wellness initiative isn't enough, right? You got to you gotta keep going. You got to keep working at it and keep trying different uh, ventures and venues. There's lots of really good support from um, nonprofits who work with high schools um, like NACIF or mm. Play Versus. Um, they have really good health and wellness initiatives. So if you're looking for resources uh, and, and you do not, don't necessarily have the bandwidth for it, which is 100% accurate, you know, you're, you're volunteering to be a coach most of the time. Um, looking towards those 
organizations have a lot of really good resources, and you might see me on those resources maybe. Well, I I know I've done quite a bit of work with NASEF and they and they're I, I am I'll have to look up their materials as far as what they have as uh, health and wellness. And we'll make sure to put those into the show notes here because I know those are freely available. But yeah. uh, where else should people go if they're looking for other? I mean, other than contacting you directly, <laughs> I would imagine is probably a good resource, right? Yeah, that is a good resource. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't everybody jump in once though. Um, I, uh, other good resources, um, one HP, they're a great, um, guide. They're, they're a bunch of physical therapists who have mm-hmm. ergonomic checklists, ergonomic guides, uh, and exercises. Um, their, uh, owner and their founder, Matt does a lot of things on TikTok. So, mm-hmm. you know, kids love TikTok. Everyone loves TikTok except for. I can't, I can't do it, (laughs) but, but it's, it's, you know, it it keeps your attention. It does when you, when you, when you're on for a while, but, um, Matt has some really good resources on TikTok for stretches and exercises. Um, those are great. And then, yeah, my, my YouTube channel has videos, you know, half of them are educational. Um, and then the other half are goofy and not educational. I mean, they're all educational. So they're all educational. They're just diluted in more entertainment than others. Gotcha. You know, um, so those are those are good places to look for resources. And then Play Versus has a, a health and wellness uh, guide as well on their website. But I mean, yeah, th- those are really just like the places to really look at to start well, with. It, what's the I guess, you know, one thing you wish people would do like just just like, you know, I'm of the, okay. So you and I are both athletes, believe it or not. We are, people look at me and go, what? You're like, no, seriously, I've been playing rugby for over 20 something years and you don't get to play rugby for over 20 something years without taking care of your body and and doing all those things. What is, I guess, you know, warming up even like people don't even think to like kids don't even think to warm up for, for video games, but should we? That was literally what I was thinking in my mind when you when you said that was warming up. Uh, you know, football season's back. My Lions lost tragically in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Bears. Bears. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. It was tragic. I gave um, up on the NFL this year, but I was a Bears fan until this year. Uh, yeah, it was a tragic loss. It was a Who Bears Lions. Wait a second. Hold on. Time out. Time out. I have. You're the second Lions fan I've ever met in my entire life. <sighs> yeah. The other one was out in California. There's not many of you. I know. Okay, sorry. Go on. So back to warming up. Uh, you know, like the Lions. If, you, if you're a football fan, your favorite player, Saquon Barkley, he doesn't show up to, you know, the stadium at 1 p.m. and is like, "All right, time for kickoff. Let me change out of my suit. Time mm. to go on the field." You know, there's a reason why people do the things that they do. Warming up before gaming, you know, it prevents injury, which is great. But it also makes you better. It makes you better at the game you're trying to play. So taking five minutes before you play to do some wrist circles, do some wrist stretches, do some finger stretches, um, and just like get your mind ready can have huge impacts on, on you know, your, your gameplay. And, and if you think about gaming in high school, think about how, how much pressure there is on high school football players to be recruited Mm -hmm. to colleges, you know, think about Mm -hmm. how seriously 
football players in Texas, quarterbacks in Texas, running backs in Texas, take their game. And that, in esports, if you want to make this your career, if you want to make this your life, mm-hmm. take it that seriously. You know, people always say, my parents don't take my gaming seriously. My friends don't take my gaming seriously. And I always ask them, do you take it seriously? Do you take it seriously? Do you have a schedule? Do you warm up? Are you thinking about your nutrition? So, like, if you want to be taken seriously, act serious. You know, that is such an important point that a lot of people don't realize. And and I think that speaks to the esports industry as a whole, not just what I'm doing or what you're doing. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, nobody takes esports seriously. Well, we don't always yeah. take it seriously. Exactly. I mean, it's very easy to people go, well, we just we canceled that and we rescheduled this and mm-hmm. we did this over here. And I thankfully I had a football coach uh, whose name's Travis Witt who's also one of our esports coaches. And last year there was a student at another school who was in a car accident. Now it was a rear ending, rear ending. Um, student was totally fine. Went, just decided I'm going to go home for the day. I'm not going to go to school. I got rear ended. I'm going to go home for the day. School rules were that child cannot participate in an after school activity because they did not attend school. So of course their coach calls us up and says, we would like to reschedule. And Travis, who's not even coaching against this team, goes, no, 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 no. If the football if the football quarterback had been hurt that day or gotten sick or whatever, the football game isn't getting rescheduled. Mm-hmm. We cannot we have to follow that same mentality. If they are going to yeah. be organized and competitive, we have to be serious about it as well. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I love that answer, though. That's that's fantastic. I, lo- I love it. Oops, sorry, my phone just dropped. Um. What is uh, one thing you could wish you could change in in the esports culture in general? Now I know you're you're not just and and here and I want to kind of lead us. Well, I kind of want to lead us into this is because you're not just the gamer doc. You are also the president of the queer women of esports, mm-hmm. which is I think a, a a major initiative to have because it as we know, it seems like every night we have our esports edu chats on Thursdays it seems there's another scandal or somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing or saying something they shouldn't be. And it's kind of like this, Oh, boys will be boys mentality, I think has been pervasive in this. What do you wish you could change right now in esports? And again, related to whether it's health wellness or to your other initiatives. Yeah. I think if you look at the demographics for gamers, it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Women, men, gay, straight, trans, bi, uh, doesn't matter the color of your skin, everyone's playing video games. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the demographics of people competing in esports. And it, it's night and day. It's night and day. Like th- this paper came out last week that I'm sure you're aware of that looked at um, the, the, the gender diversity of esports clubs that are student run and then are varsity and run by um, the school and are better funded. And I have not seen this paper. Oh, it came out last week. Yeah. So basically Ooh. tons of gender diversity in the student run clubs, but then once you include school funding, once mm-hmm. it becomes a varsity sport, there's no women, there's no women. And it's, it's funny because all the coaches they interviewed were like, well, we made cuts based. It was anonymous. We had people play under their gamer tags. It was anonymous. Of course, of course, it, you know, the women were going to get cut. 
anyone who's been in competitive gaming knows how toxic it is, knows mm -hmm. how as soon as you turn on that voice chat and they hear your voice, the onslaught of abuse comes. The reason why I formed QWE, which is a, yeah, like you said, it's a nonprofit dedicated to making uh, competitive gaming a more inclusive space for queer women, um, is because I was really good at Call of Duty. I almost didn't go to medical school. I almost, you know. I'm sure your parents love that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I almost, you know, didn't go to med school because I was getting really good at COD and I was, you know, going to tournaments and I was doing pretty well. And back then, you know, if you wanted to practice and you wanted to play, then you needed to be in a community that you could play against other people. Um, mm -hmm. You're not, you're not going to get good playing pub matches. Um, and it just got so bad. It got terrible for my mental health. Um, really? It was around the time it was around the time I was coming out like to the world, too. So, you know, going into going into a game and hearing slurs being hurled around, get back in the kitchen, whatever. Um, it was just too much. So I decided to go to med school, backup plan. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty good backup plan. Yeah, it was fine. But, um, you know, that is the reason we don't see more women in the competitive gaming. And, and the, the counter argument is, well, well, they're just not good enough. Well, we are good enough. We just haven't trained with the best. Give mm -hmm. us like six months, give us like a year. These 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 high schools, these colleges that are receiving funding need to invest in their female uh, and their queer esports players because they don't have the opportunity to train against these people. The environments are so toxic. So so instead of just cutting all the women, do some outreach, do some workshops and then see what happens. So, you know, the very long version of the answer is uh, I would love to see more diversity in esports. Well, that, okay, first of all, I need to get the study because, yeah, yeah. And, and here's why, is my goal of my program is that I want our school esports team to be a cross-section of our school. Mm -hmm. So if it is, you know, if the school is 53% female and 40, 47% male, it should be that, yeah. you know. And I, and I think that there is too much low-hanging fruit. I don't think in education enough of us do the work of recruiting, excuse me, of recruiting uh, very well. Yeah. Again, because it is so easy to like, well, we're just going to roll, you know, the old proverbial, we'll just roll the ball out. And then, you know, whoever comes and plays plays. Mm -hmm. And we know that that doesn't work. One of the, one of the best coaches I saw last year, I call her queen Khalifa, <laughs> uh, because she was, uh, she, uh, Kalia, sorry, queen Kalia. She was amazing. And I was like, where were you? Like, you're a senior now. Where were you last year? Like we could have used you. And she's like, yeah, I gave up overwatch two years ago because of the toxicity it was yeah. so bad i would just and she's like this is the one safe place that i have to go and i don't think schools realize just how safe these spaces can be for kids if we implement it properly if the invitation is there and the invitation is done properly and they see themselves the kids see themselves in the general managers the coaches can't just be the tech guy yeah who is doing the esports team yeah. Uh, Marisa Fellian, who is one of our general managers, she's an amazing science teacher and she is just, she just loves, she doesn't know the games, but she loves the kids and she loves the culture around it. She doesn't have to be the content expert in the room and mm -hmm. we don't have enough non-content experts, advocates, things like that in the space. So I would really love to get this study and I wish I had read it before. Just like gender inclusivity in esports, and I think it'll show up. Fab um, fa fabulous. I will. I, uh, 
my my what we were on a a um road trip this past week and my wife was listening to this podcast called nice white parents and it's about um it's the new york times podcast isn't it about kids in schools exactly exactly and this this um predominantly white high school wanted to do this outreach program for um some of the underrepresented uh students and so they sent out flyers for a support group dedicated Mm -hmm. or trying to recruit some of the other parents who weren't white um, and no, no one showed up. And so they were, they were like, why, you know, I wonder why no one showed up. Well, the, the kids who were in the school were largely Spanish speaking and they put out the flyers in only English. So there were no Spanish speaking flyers. So they didn't re- recruit the Spanish speaking parents. And, and, and that is like the summary of esports. Like, like you said, people aren't recruiting where, who are you going to? Are you putting up the flyers in the boys locker room? Like where, where are you putting the flyers? Um, so, you know, reaching out and reaching out effectively and in the way that you're, you know, you're getting to everyone's ears is, is really important. Well, the problem that we've run into right now, especially has, and it's, it's to, to kind of parallel that, you know, we, we, People keep saying, and I and I hate this statement. Well, esports is COVID proof, <laughs> and I'll say it's COVID. Re- I'll admit that it's maybe COVID resistant, but it is not COVID proof. Especially mm-hmm. when I see, for example, you're talking about, you know, where are you putting your flyers? For me, I have kids who don't have internet access at home. They don't have a gaming PC at home. They have no mm-hmm. way to compete, no way to play, no way to participate. And, you know, in March, I was cursing the darkness instead of lighting a candle. I was, you know, going. I lost my park high school team because basically every kid had nothing, but, but what we're finding that we need to do, and maybe this helps with gender diversity as well. Our new iteration of esports isn't going to be around the AAA titles, the overwatches and the riot games and stuff, but we're looking more at working with independent developers by Mm. bringing in different platforms, different levels of games. And while that may dilute, you know, well, some people may say, well, you're diluting an esports experience. I don't give a damn. My esports experience is for my kids. It's not for everybody else's kids. Yeah. So if, if mine is this and we're going to use more independent games to broaden the tents, if you will, to bring in kids, then let's do that. Yeah. Why, why does it have to be AAA titles? Isn't that funny? The amount of gatekeeping that exists in competitive video gaming, like you, your game isn't esports enough for our platform. Oh right? my God. Just- so what? It's it's wild. Like gatekeeping exists at all levels, and in esports, it just seems hypocritical. To, to, well, to it's funny. Is, did you ever did you ever watch the movie The King of Kong? No. Okay, it's about it's about somebody who goes and uh, Billy Mitchell sets the record for Donkey Kong, and then there's some other guy who decides he's going to set the record, and it's like this whole like is history of video games in the '80s. Very cool. And there's one guy who they interview on there, and I remember this distinctly. It was he was the world record holder in the game Nibbler. First off, can you even picture in your head the game Nibbler? Wait, I what can't. is the game Nibbler? I don't even know. I've never seen it. Definitely but this guy is the world world record holder in the game Nibbler you're right. Why does it have to be this? Well, if you're not playing, you know, rocket league or I know you're looking it up right now, aren't you? Of course you are. You're right. It doesn't have to be this. Like we're not a pathway to the pros. My program is around five things, redefine athletic culture, increase student participation, increase uh, positive mental and physical health, 
uh, increase current collegiate scholarship pathways and honor the importance of play. Nothing on there says I have to be beholden to a community standard for a game that that only appeals to five or 10 kids in my school. So, yeah, I I really feel like if schools are going to go to the next level with esports and competitive gaming, it needs to look at these get away from the AAA titles and start looking at the independence. So with all of that said, um, (laughs) so uh, outside of your conversations on Mondays and Wednesday nights, what else are you participating in right now as, as far as getting the words out and things that we could promote with you? Yeah, I because uh, <laughs> you seem to be everywhere now. Now you're blowing up. I'm getting you. I'm getting you late. I I wanted on record. I wanted to interview you like six months ago. Yeah, but life's you had amazing things happen in your life. So life's been very uh, very fast paced recently. Uh, I got the signed contract back for um, a book that I am publishing with uh, Dr. Kate McGee and Dr. Melita Moore on esports medicine. It's going to be a handbook for um, clinicians or coaches, anyone who's really concerned with anything that bad that can happen to you in esports and how to prevent and treat it. Um, Mm. So that is going to be coming out in the not so distant future. Um, But wait, hold on. I want to stop you on just that. This is a really serious question. How do you, again, it's a field that is so freaking brand new. You, you, you get to write the book on that. You you know, it's not many people who say, who say I wrote the book on, you literally get to write the book on. I know. I know. I'm trying to Bernie Sanders this. I wrote the law. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's, it's been really, it's been really fun. It's been like a year long process. Uh, Basically, we took all of the data that's out there on esports, on every mm-hmm. single injury that uh, esports players have existed, have ever uh, had, and then we thought about injuries that we think they will have, mm-hmm. um, and we wrote all of the medicine about it. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny too because I, I think that's that's an important distinction: the thinking about not just your injury now, but down the road. Mm-hmm. The tendency with kids, my generation, I'm 45. I don't know how old you are. You're young, but what? what? Not that young. Okay. <laughs> I'm 45. And I remember in seventh grade, twisting my ankle playing softball. And it was literally like, oh, here's some crutches and, and walk it off, or walk it off. Meanwhile, I have a partially torn, you know, ligaments and everything is shredded. And my ankle is purple right. and blue. Never went to a doctor to get any sort of physical therapy on that. Nothing. It was just like, oh, heal up and you'll be fine. And then I can't squat anymore because I have no ankle mobility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you have all that scar tissue. I have a lot of scar tissue in my ankle. Yes. And I've had to go through physical therapy right now uh, in, in recent years to get it taken care of. So I can see how your book is portending the potential. What we could see in the next 10, 20 years is a number of significant injuries that maybe people aren't even thinking about right now. What is one that somebody wouldn't think about right now as being potentially damaging down the road? Thumb arthritis. Really? Thumb arthritis. Yeah. Uh, If you think about just, uh, especially for console players, I mean, mostly for console players. um, If you think about the amount of movements people's thumbs are, are, are doing Mm -hmm. uh, it's just art. You know, if it was our knees, sure. If like there's no weight bearing, it's just moving, you know, motion is good. Motion is lotion, you know, Mm -hmm. but 
our fingers and our thumbs and those tiny, tiny little synovial joints in our hands are not meant for 600 action per minute, right? They're not meant for the amount of stress that we're placing our, our hands and, and fingers and wrists under. Um, so the, the long-standing side effects, I think, are going to be very interesting. Very, and we're very, we're very honest about it in the book. We're like, you know, this is a hypothetical consequence. Uh, this is something that might not occur for five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's things that when I was trying to, uh, when I was writing a certain chapter, I was going into cadaver studies and anatomy studies, and I was tracing the root of muscles. And I was, mm-hmm. I, I had a couple of breakthroughs that you'll, that you'll read about in the book that I was like, oh my gosh, this is why this happens. And mm-hmm. nowhere else is it written like, this is why this happens. Because, so let me get like, give you a very good example. Please. There's a, there's a muscle in your hand and your arm called your ECU. Um, and your ECU basically does this, right? So it's under um, a lot of stress normally when you're gaming but then when you turn your wrist like this it's mm-hmm. it goes from at being at a zero degree angle to being almost a 60 degree angle which puts it under so much more stress and what are we doing when we're like this we're gaming um, and we're holding things as tightly as we possibly and can things exactly so no one's ever talked about the relationship between um the angle of your ecu when you're you know partially supinated and ECU tendonitis in gamers before. And because it's not been studied, like I could be making all of this up. I don't know, but it it (laughs) sounds right. And I did like 80 hours of research on it. Um, So yeah, it's, it's very fun to, to do this because it's, it's like we're writing the book, but we're also getting creative with it, which is really fun. Well, and and again, medicine, I think, I think part of the beauty of medicine isn't just, it's not just science, but there's also the derivatives. There's the what ifs, there's the potential. And it's just because you don't have all the answers. The research is telling you one thing though. I I mean, if it's going to keep, if it keeps pointing you in that direction, then you have to say something and then let some other doctoral student, you know, do that study for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a researcher. So go ahead, please. Well, uh, that's what I, so I I'm still finishing up my PhD. So I still have ugh, so much, so much to do. Um, final thing, major question, hockey, you are a hockey player. I am a rugby player. I still feel like I could get you out on the pitch and you would just probably rule the school on a, on a rugby pitch, but who, first of all, what position do you play in, in hockey center? And also, I did play rugby. Did you? Mm-hmm. In college? And then semi-professionally after. You did not. Yeah, I did. I did. I uh, My my rugby career ended uh, when I was playing Team Germany on um, a sevens team out in uh, Las Vegas for the sevens international tournament. And I got spear tackled by a six-foot-five German woman. Were you an eagle? Uh, so I was on the... Uh, Beantown team and then I was okay. on the bells and um the bell I we were gonna go there was a Olympic training camp out in California Colorado Springs oh yeah, no California okay. that I okay. was um I actually delayed going medical school a year to go to it and then I got spear tackled two months before that happened so yeah the spear tackling is a bad thing but that's but, really cool yeah. but as a center okay who's your favorite hockey player who's the one who you're like 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who? It's uh it's Tom Wilson. And it, this is really this is really uh it's it's diabolical. Tom Wilson well, is the player who everyone loves to hate. Okay. Well, see for me people say, "Well, who's your favorite hockey player of all time?" and I say it's Link Gates. And people are like, "Who are you talking about?" See, look at that that look on your face is exactly the look that I get. Nibbler. <laughs> Link Gates was on the expansion San Jose Sharks. So I grew up in San Francisco area. Yeah, My cool. dad is a New York Rangers fan, like grew up on Long Island, like Garden City. That's my dad. Okay. The Barracudas, right? That's the uh, expansion Sharks team. San Jose no, no, Barracudas? no. San Jose Sharks. No. Oh. No, we have a team in San Jose now. It's they've, they've done well. Yeah, but I thought you meant they're like they're they they're like AHL team. No, no, no. Uh, this was their expansion first year, the ninety uh, the ninety one ninety two season. Link Gates was the enforcer, and uh, he took down all the big big boys. Like yeah. he was legit. Uh, only lasted one season. Got into a horrible car accident in the off season, but not enough to kill him but just enough to that he ne- then barnstormed through like this, like got himself kicked out of the CHL, the IHL, the AHL, like w- ended up in like the French Canadian, like wow. fighting leagues and stuff. Wow. I'll, I'll send you a link on a story about him wow. because it's a really fascinating hockey story that you might, you ever see the movie goon? No. Okay. For, what? What? You're a hockey player who has never seen the movie goon. I'm, I was late to the game hockey. Okay. I didn't start playing until like three years ago. Oh, okay. All right. Two years right. ago. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, then we'll leave that for homework. And, <laughs> uh, uh, Dr- go ahead. Tom Wilson is very similar. He's a bully. So, you know, I feel like our taste in hockey players is similar. Well, and then I just found out you played rugby. So yeah, there, there you, you go. go. And you like esports. I do. And you're also doing a show on Mondays and Wednesday nights. And you I have am. a book that's coming out and you're literally writing the book on esports and medicine. And I think it's fabulous. Dr. Lindsay, thank you so much for being a guest on the Academy of Esports podcast today. You know, thank you for having me. It was it was truly a pleasure. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N and through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash T-A-O Esports. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to our time again next week.